Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi everyone and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration Podcast where we talk about our favourite movies, TV shows and video games. As always, I'm your host Shravan. We have our co-host Tone here with us in, in person this time. Hey everyone. And we have a returning guest. So if you remember our Nun review, we had Baska on as a, as a guest and that was a an interesting episode. Today we're going to be talking about Captain Marvel, so hopefully we're on the same page as this one. But welcome Baska. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Consecrated and back from the dead. So. <laughs> so, Captain Marvel, we all just came back from a screening. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. But as usual, I'll do my Who Am I? Which is a, a segment which we introduced in, in the last episode. So, it's a comic book Who Am I? So, I will describe a comic book character at the start of the episode. And then I will reveal who that character is at the end of the episode. So, this week, Who Am I? I was born in a gypsy camp in a tiny kingdom located in the Balkan mountains of Eastern Europe. My parents were both killed in my hometown when I was a child, and since then I've vowed to seek revenge on the world for the death of my parents. Later in my life, I found a chest of magical artifacts that belonged to my mother, and I realized she was a witch. I developed my immense talent in sorcery and also science, which eventually won me a scholarship to a school in the U.S., Determined to contact my mother in the hereafter, I invented an interdimensional communication device. However, there was an error in the calculations and it led to the machine exploding and scarring my face. After that incident, I made my way to Tibet where an order of monks helped me forge my metal mask to cover my face. I then returned to my hometown and overthrew the monarch and made myself the king. I continued to invent many devices when I was king, including a time machine. I am six feet two inches tall and weigh 225 pounds. Who am I? I think I know who it is. Okay. Do you, do you have an idea? Sort of an idea. I just know that this person's going to have a massive BMI. I just <laughs> <laughs> need to lose some weight. <laughs> okay. So as we said earlier, this is an episode about Captain Marvel. So we're going to be reviewing that. But before we do that, I guess... You know about me and Tyron, we're obviously big fans of the MCU. We basically started this 
podcast based on the success of the MCU and how much we we enjoy those movies. But I guess Basker, um, I'm interested to see what his experience with the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been. I know we've watched a lot of the movies together. So uh, can you describe, it's been around a while now, since 2008, so... Yeah, it's been a wild journey. I mean, I'm, I still remember the good days. Um, we were talking about this earlier, about the Brian Singer X-Men universe and how the early days of Marvel was just a, kind of like a disconnected exploration into different characters, like uh, like um, Spike Lee's Hulk and... Uh, the, Ang Lee. Sorry? Ang Lee. Oh, sorry, not Spike Lee. That's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Ang Lee, yeah, yeah. Ang Lee's Hulk. Going from like really small, small threads to yeah, now the MCU, it's been a wild ride. What, what are we like? Phase three now? This is officially like the ninth. This movie. is the eighth movie in phase three. Eighth, eighth movie in phase three. That's ridiculous. Twenty yeah. first movie in the cinematic universe. Yeah, if we went yeah. back ten years and and uh, like told your past selves, there'll be like forty odd movies coming out covering basically the, the 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 main groundwork of all the Avengers. I don't think we'd probably believe it. So it's been a it's been a quite an interesting journey cinematically. Definitely unprecedented. I don't think it might not ever happen again. So other studios are trying to do what Marvel has done, but I don't know if they'll be successful because Marvel has really planned it well. I think they planned it to the to the T for the last ten years, and they're still doing it. So Captain Marvel, what do you guys know about the comic book character of Captain Marvel? Or Ms. Marvel, as she was originally in the in the comic books. What do you know, Vasca? Well, I actually didn't know much about Captain Marvel. I remember hearing about a superhero named after the comic book franchise, and I thought that's a cheap shot. Yeah. Like, that's just the that's just the, the the comic book writers saying, you know what, let's screw the name, just name it after the company. So I didn't actually delve in. I didn't realize how technically complex or powerful that character would be. Uh, and I just doing my research. I was surprised to hear, I was surprised to know that Miss Marvel or uh, Carol Danvers is, is not the first Captain Marvel in in the iterations. It's um, it's just down the track actually. So that was interesting to to find out. Yes. So um, I, I've got a little bit of background do about. Me, do you want me to say what I know? No, we, we don't care about what you know. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, go you, ahead. You can say you can say the background. I'll, like you, or I can say what I know, and you can fill in. The yeah. Game. Go go for it. Okay, yeah. so like you said, Basker, she's not the first Captain Marvel. So there's this, it's kind of like in this movie, but there's a bit of gender swapping going on and a bit of, uh, they've changed the law a touch. But there's this Cree scientist that comes down to Earth called Marvell, and he kind of lives in disguise on Earth. And he's a scientist and he's a Cree. He's not a Cree warrior, he's just a Cree scientist and he's on an outpost in earth trying to just figure out what life is like on earth i think is what he does first is that right i think so and he yeah. he becomes a scientist of some sort he i think he's a cree scientist yeah and then he becomes a scientist on earth yeah as well. and i think he initially does come to earth with the uh intent of kind of getting the cree to come to and earth. also i think Finding a key to winning the war against the Skrulls. Against the Skrulls. Yeah. I think in the whole battle between Skrulls and Kree, the Earth is like a tactical... It's it's a good place to tactically have in terms of beating whichever race it is. So both the, the Kree and the Skrulls want to take over Earth so they have that tactical high ground so they, they can t- overthrow 
whatever race they want to overthrow. But anyway, Marvel lives on Earth, learns to love the Earth people. Carol Danvers works at the Air Force where Marvel works as a scientist. And I think Marvel dabbles in some superhero stuff. He kind of goes around and does yes. a few superhero things, but he's not a full superhero. And then there's a massive explosion that happens at some point and Captain Marvel's DNA, Marvel's DNA gets mixed with Carol Danvers. Yes. And they become, and then she becomes like this hybrid Cree human. And then she becomes Miss Marvel. And then she takes on his name because I think he dies from it. I think he dies and yeah. then she takes on the Captain Yeah, she Marvel. takes on his name, which is why she's called Captain Marvel. She starts off as Miss Marvel and then she becomes Captain Marvel eventually. Hmm. And then um, there's another Miss Marvel now who's... Yes, there's yeah. another Miss Marvel who's, um, who's actually idolizes this Captain Marvel. Yeah, That's interesting. But I think that's the main part of it. That's the yeah. main part. Yeah, you've yeah. covered most of um, basically all of the history. Um I just wanted to ask, what? How old do you think this actual character is in terms of in the comics? Pretty oldish. Uh, when when you mean old, do you mean like seventies? Yeah, is is that is that towards like how old the comic book character goes back? Yes, like yeah, it yeah, yeah, I think seventies yeah. or late sixties. Yeah, I would say. I think I remember reading it was like something like seven, uh, 67? 1967. Pretty close. So the the character of Carol Danvers. Debuted in 1968. So that was not as... She didn't have any superpowers. She was just Carol Danvers. When she actually got her superpowers, it was 1977. And then when she became Captain Marvel, it's later than you might think, 2012. Oh, yes, yes. She was Miss Marvel till then. Yeah, she was Miss Marvel till then. And then she was Captain Marvel from 2012. That was the... So that was the series that was re... That was written by... Kelly Sudeconic, I think that was the the, re- think, the reboot. Think so. Oh, th- I think that was the first iteration, but there have been multiple reboots yeah. of her since then. Like every comic book character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just yeah. just mentioning that name because it come it'll come back around towards the uh, the trivia section. There multiple things have happened to Captain or Carol Danvers in the, in the comics, and this movie takes some of those. Takes and, some of it, but yeah. it's a lot of it's. A bit different to what a lot of it's there. a bit they've kind of done their own thing as well so um what i wanted to point out is the x-men character rogue which um you guys will be familiar with it's the she touches someone and she gets their powers in the comic books she or you might remember from the 90s x-men show yeah i was gonna oh, yeah. yeah. so, that episode i haven't seen it but i remember watching that episode and rogue in that series can fly and she can shoot lasers out of her hands but, but she, take, she takes um, her consciousness, doesn't she? She takes her powers. She takes her powers. So she yeah, touch, She ends up touching Miss Marvel and she gets Miss Marvel's powers. But then Miss Marvel's in like a coma for like 10 years. For like 10 years, yeah. yeah. Damn it, Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the 90s show was amazing. I still remember the opening theme. You remember yeah, the theme? so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had freaking Gambit on like like 10 seconds and then he's nowhere to be seen in the entire Marvel like, cinematic universe whatsoever. Yeah, he's, he hasn't really... Oh, he featured in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Well, there's, this is the shittest thing, but Channing Tatum's been attached to play Gambit for about 10 years. It finally got cancelled. Yeah. It's not going to happen anymore. It's not going to happen, yeah. yeah. You, could, you could say it wasn't on the cards. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> it's a delayed one. There you go. I just got it like a, a second after you said it. <laughs> and her notable abilities in the comics, 
we see some of them in this in this movie and in we've seen them in other other versions of the comics as well as in some TV shows like in that X-Men TV show. So she has superhuman strength, speed, endurance and stamina, energy projection and absorption and flight. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's everything that a superhero would would want. Okay. So I guess we'll we'll get on to the review then if we're if we're done with origins yeah, sure. and comic books. So this this movie I'll, I'll give you some background on the on the movie itself. It premiered on the 27th of February in London and it released officially yesterday on the 8th of March which was uh strategically done to coincide with International Women's Day. Oh yeah. Did it pick up on that one actually? <laughs> so it's uh directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Their previous works are all sort of it's like TV stuff, isn't it, mostly? They've done TV and they've done some indie films. So um, some of their movies are Half Nelson, Sugar, It's Kind of a Funny Story, and Mississippi Grind, none of which I've seen or heard of. <laughs> Mississippi Grind has Ryan Reynolds in it, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And oh, I think Half Nelson Half Nelson has um, Ryan Gosling in it. Okay. I'm just going to double-check if Mississippi Grind has um, Ryan Reynolds in it because I'm going to look real stupid if he is. <laughs> so while, while you check that, this is not the first time that Marvel has picked sort of obscure directors to helm their big projects. So previously we've had John Watts, who was also not very well-known, and he came and directed Spider-Man Homecoming, which was a, a great Spider-Man movie. Of course, Taika Waititi directed Thor Ragnarok. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Even James Gunn. So James Gunn wasn't a massive director before he made Guardians. And the original, John Favreau, wasn't a massive director before he did. He Iron did Man. like he did like co- comedy stuff, but he didn't do anything high budget or anything like this. Yeah, Cowboys and, and Aliens. And even that was post. That was post. Um, that was Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah post yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. Even the Russos. Russos. They yeah. did a lot of TV show stuff, but nothing crazy. They tend to pick low key directors most of the time. I think they pick directors that have a passion for the character. So I think these the the two directors have picked a big director. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. It's no. been a really nice, unique thing. I think their their selection process is really if they are passionate about the the comic books uh, or the characters themselves. Like James Gunn loves the Guardians of the Galaxy, and not many people even knew about the Guardians of the Galaxy. So they picked the right the right guy. Guardians of the Galaxy that was a big gamble actually because yeah. it was such a you read the comic books and you think such. A hot pot of characters. How are they going to ever pull this off cinematically? And they just did it beautifully. Yeah. And the comedy was just perfect. And I think John Watts did a really good job with Spider-Man, taking him back to sort of his roots. Yeah, the young, the the youngest Spider-Man. I think we've we've seen the most accurate to the actual source material. Yes. Been like a high school kid. So in terms of cast, we've obviously got. Just before we go into that, um, Ryan Reynolds was in Mississippi Grind. So um, <laughs> thanks good. for that check. That's one for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing you've got right in this in this podcast. Okay, so cast-wise, obviously we've got Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, Samuel Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, or Mendo as we affectionately call him here in uh, Australia. Mendoza. <laughs> Is that Mendelsohn? Yeah, like the candy. <laughs> That's what he's to me, hey. <laughs> uh, we've got our favourite comic book actor, Dijimin Honso. Dijimin Honso, he's yeah. just... Oh. Nailing the comic book movies. Yeah. He's in so many these days. In a couple of weeks, he's going to be in um, Shazam. Nice. Who's also, who was called Captain Marvel, coincidentally. Yeah, there was a bit of a a, um, legal dispute about that. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why they made the character Captain Marvel. Yeah. There was a, 
just going into that segue, I was just there was a really interesting note here that the, so the Fawcett company, which originally sued Marvel because of the of the idea that was crossing over, um, before they sued them, the story was that the Captain Marvel had a atomic fusion with some older character. So every time Captain Marvel would turn into an older superhero, they would do so with by saying the word Shazam. And then they would turn into the older, or the, the hero version. And I think that was what was actually originally from the DC comic side. So it was a, it was a crossover. And they weren't allowed to use it in the end. So they had to redo the Captain Marvel series, which is what we've heard now of the 60s, the late 60s version. That interruption just before was Shrub and adjusting his... Yeah, we've got some technical issues here. Our mics are <laughs> falling over all over the place. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm just eyeing mine as it slowly lowers <laughs> itself. They both it's have these stats that keep lowering. <laughs> Other members in the cast, we've got Lee Pace, who reprises his role as Ronan the Accuser. And we've also got Lashana Lynch, who plays a, a pivotal role in terms of being Carol Danvers' best friend. We've got Jamma Chan, who we last saw in Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, she plays a role of a Cree. And we've got Annette Benning, Clark Gregg, who's back, and obviously Jude Law, which you would have seen in the trailers. So we'll talk about all of those um, uh, once we get into the, the story. So before we get into the story, I'll quickly talk about the budget. Budget is $152 million. It looks pretty good. So um, yes, yeah. that's a pretty decent budget. Yeah. Look, considering that opening Friday... Opening Friday box office rec- has already brought in sixty three point five million. Apparently, oh, really? Okay. On, the, on yeah. the Friday, just in comparison, that's uh, just beneath Beauty and the Beast, which is sixty three point eight. Yep. Uh, which is the best March opening, and that's underneath the all time best, which is Batman and Superman for the yep. March or the first quarter. Million. Films. Yeah. yeah. Pretty but, sure box office opening for Batman and Superman. The opening, oh, the opening, opening day, opening weekend. Well, opening weekend, they're expecting this to do between 135 to 175. Okay, no, wait, maybe it's 200 million opening weekend. Yeah, I think it was two because yeah, um, 200. Yeah, it was yeah. 200. So this is expected to do 135 to 175, which is really, really good for this. Good. I think it'll do quite well. Like it will do as well as about Wonder Woman or something like that. Not saying that it's only going to do well because it's a woman superhero, but. That will bring a certain amount of. I think certain, yeah, certain certain people that wouldn't have watched a movie like this will watch it. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, I think Wonder Woman was very clear in its marketing. Basically, has women in, in the name. Whereas Captain Marvel's pretty ambiguous. Yeah, it's it's all about the actual story of Carol Danvers. So yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. it's definitely there is a crossover and that uh, that appeal. Yeah, so when because I, I watched this, I've watched this twice now. So I watched it on. Uh, a preview screening first and I went with a couple of friends and they actually didn't know that Captain Marvel was a, a female hero. Right. They thought it was a male. But did I, they not watch the trailers? No, they hadn't. So they, they didn't know anything about this yeah. this movie. So I, I said, yeah, we're going to watch this movie called Captain Marvel. And it's like, oh, what's what's his powers? What are his powers? And um, They assumed her gender. Yeah. How dare they? <laughs> did you just assume my gender? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I had to correct them. It's actually a... A female superhero and uh, yeah. the first good um, work, man. That's already just you know, making them address their own innate uh, cognitive biases. <laughs> so I guess we'll jump into the story. Obviously, non-spoilers still. So we'll ask our guest to explain the story as we as we always do. 
Yeah, because both of us don't want to do it. That's why we push it onto the. <laughs> and, we're, and we're both not very good at it. So no, if you, I'm pretty good at it. I, I stand. I, I don't agree. Do you but... remember that one I did? That was really good. Which one? There was this one time I did a really good one. I don't remember it. It was like Incredibles or something. It was good. We should do a thing where it's like um, this is really funny summary of the Wizard of Oz in a newspaper it was coming on the TV guide, and it was like ten words. It's like girl. Kills the first person she meets in a new land. Grabs a bunch of friends to kill him. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's just the most so, misleading yeah, kind of summary. Like, um, we should try that for this one. Yeah. So what's the worst way you could explain this plot? <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, Air Force captain helps a terrorist insurgency to reclaim their independence. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's... is a really, really fast, strong way of saying yeah. it without spoiling it. But... Yeah. It's not inaccurate. As, as a standalone <laughs> film, if you haven't watched the, any other of the Marvel films, this is definitely still watchable. It just makes it more enjoyable if you know the other films and you've kind of interacted with uh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, no, just so we're not doing spoilers at the moment. No, so we'll, we'll okay. So yeah, you can keep listening if you haven't seen the movie. So right. So <laughs> in terms of the the overall movie, it just talks about the backstory and the you could say the the, the coming of age story of Carol Danvers who in this case is involved in a bit of an accident, but we don't really know her backstory. And she and neither does she. Neither does she. Yeah. So there's no way she could spoil this because we don't even know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the movie is just finding out who she really is and what has happened to bring her to this to this, uh, to this point. I mean, she's obviously very powerful. She's one of the most powerful, uh, you could say, characters in the Marvel Universe. But that's just a statement. How did she get to that point? What happened? Um, and it goes into a larger story arc between two alien races. So where she gets caught in or caught up in is um, is an interesting tale. Yes. Yeah. That was a great summary. That is like the most spoiler-free review you're, <laughs> you're going to get. You can watch the trailer. It will reveal more than that. Yeah, probably will. Yeah. Okay. So we'll jump into our thoughts on it, I guess. Um, we'll talk about that. Before I before we do that, I, I was waiting the whole week to ask this question. Was the movie Marvelous? Fuck. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's all I have to say. That. Fuck right off. <laughs> oh man, that's exactly what the what what the what the marketing team would want you to say. It's marvelous. You're not a dad yet, but that was a dad joke. Yeah, that was a very dad joke. I was actually looking forward to this review just just, just for that line. I'm just going to leave now. Is That's... it just the ones that I'm in? Because the nun, you were like, that, that was your score. It was I... like, <laughs> well, what did you say again? It was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. for none, I I've got... None. I yeah, none. How many people enjoyed the nun? None. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah. my, and I think I might retort something like James Wan. Like... <laughs> yeah. Interesting things happening on that side. But yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll talk about positives and negatives. We'll start with positives. We'll start with... With Basker, what, what did you think? Positives? Uh, I thought it was a great origin story. They they didn't, in every origin story, if you think about like Wonder Woman or Thor or something, the traditional screenplay or storytelling method is to go from, you know, point A, B, C, D and just tell it from beginning to end. Whereas this uh, this this has a bit of a different approach. It's a little bit more Nolan-esque if, if, if you've watched... Um, you know, and against... Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. If you've watched any of his like movies, they don't necessarily go from you know, point A to point B in terms of time. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this was a nice way to keep the, the audience on edge. I thought it did a lot of justice to the source material. Uh, I haven't read the comics, but in terms of all of the established universe material, all of the uh, 
I guess, all of the reputation that Captain Marvel holds in the comic book universe. I felt they did pretty good justice to it. And uh, just all in the, the in all in all, the, the small little references, the Easter eggs, the the characters who we uh, who we see in other Marvel movies. I think everything is a nice, nice, neat little package. Definitely go and see it. Just uh, you know, keep your mind open about about how this character is going to be interpreted. I wouldn't say like watching it. All the hype was that she's going to be overpowered. She's going to be overpowered. But while, while I was watching it, I didn't get that feeling until a, a certain point in the film. Um, and I think the the development of a, of a character is very much analogous to like that slow character arc. And I, I still don't think she's hit her peak yet. No, yeah. I don't think so either. I think we, we might have to wait to see what happens later. When you say peak, you mean how hot she is, yeah? Possibly. <laughs> you could take that interpretation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could take... <laughs> if you're talking about literal hotness, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Any positives that you had? I think this is the best de-aging effects we've probably ever seen. Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. CGI, CGI. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Samuel Jackson. Like, I couldn't even tell. So Samuel Jackson's he's basically... Role. Yeah. He's a, he's uh, unlike the other Marvel movies where he, he's kind of in and out. He's actually in... He's the second most important character. In this there. movie, yeah. 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 Probably one with the second most screen, screen time, screen time yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And I would say... Best one we've seen yet. It's pretty good in um, what movie did they have it in? Ant Man. Ant Man, yeah, but that was still. It wasn't like a full length thing, like it was yeah. in this movie. It was yeah. pretty good in Ant Man, but this is much better. Better than the stuff we've seen in Star Wars as well. Oh yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, oh, Star Wars is basically pure CGI, almost yeah, exactly yeah. pure CGI. Yeah. This was uncanny. No, it wasn't uncanny. It was actually you just not tell. noticeable. You, yeah, tell. you couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was actually. Sam Jackson, like all his expressions, it was still him. Yes. So you could tell that it was him like acting him on set. Yeah. 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 But I think, I think a good comparison would be Captain America when they did Steve Rogers when he was in his emaciated form. It was that you could tell that it was like someone else's body. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. could. Yeah. Um, his head on someone else's body. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His head on someone yeah. else's body. Yeah. But yeah. this was much better than that. It was. Yeah. It was like you could tell it was his face, his body, his skull. It was. It was perfect. It was yeah. Perfect. yeah. It was yeah. No, well, it shows no, how far the. Marvel Studios has come because yeah. that was yeah. that was a movie what eight years ago now. So what Captain America? Captain or? America, yeah. Which yeah. one? The the first one. The first one. Yeah. The first Avenger. The first okay. Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't yeah. the title actually. <laughs> <laughs> the first Avenger. So that you know, from then till now, they've obviously uh, really worked on their worked on their tech. So yeah, that was really good. Story was uh, pretty good. How this was kind of shot, the colors. I loved how colourful it was. It was almost Guardians of the Galaxy-esque, but not quite. Yes. But it's very... It's one of the more colourful Marvel Universe movies. It is. Because, yeah, a lot of people kind of complain that all the... Especially the Russo Brother movies, they complain they look really bland and, like, very uh, grey-shaded. Which, yeah. Yeah, I can see it. That's the that's the style they've gone for. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But this is super colourful, especially... Um, Outfit and everything. Yes, very nice. Yeah, and I think you're, they had to make good attention to the color palette because it was set in the nineties. Exactly. And I remember the nineties as being very s- colorful and out there. Yeah, saturated, yeah. like really yeah. saturated. Because uh, not just because of our memory of it, but it's like everything was much more, you could say, um, taken to the extreme. The color levels. It was a bit more exaggerated. It was coming off from the eighties. 
Mm. 80s was all neon and freaking, you know. Yeah, yeah. All, yeah. all, the, all the bright ass colors. So, yeah. And that saying that, they, they did now the 90s aesthetic pretty well, but they didn't beat you over the head with it as well. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't, wasn't like nostalgia. The, yeah. yeah, it wasn't full on assault with the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, it wasn't. Like, yeah. No. It wasn't like every two seconds it's a '90s reference or something. It was still its own thing, but they nailed the aesthetic pretty well. Yeah, yep. it's um, funny you mention that because the th- there's a portion of this movie that's on Earth and it's based in the '90s, 1995 to be exact. And it actually reminded me of movies that came out. Just in the that, 90s. So it's based in LA as well. So there's two movies that came to mind actually. Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Yeah, and I, Toy Story. And Speed. Do you remember the movie Speed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it feels like that. Like, it feels like it was actually in that time. Because Speed is also in LA. I had a very Terminator 2 feel when I watched the movie. Especially that one part where she... Uh, I was save the spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a direct reference yeah, to Terminator. Yeah, you, yep, you, yep, got, yep. you, you got me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There, there was also a direct reference to Toy Story. To, um, uh, to Buzz Lightyear, specifically. It's, the part, it's, it's that part where she's just saying her name to Star Command. On her little Ah, uh, yes, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I thought yeah. that was a direct reference yeah. to Toy Story yeah. because it's... Yes, it's, yeah. But it's got like 90s, yeah. <laughs> it's 90s and it was yeah. released in 96, so it was, yeah. it was a pretty close one. Yeah, so they nailed all that. I think those would be the main positives for me. My positives on... I agree with everything that's been and, said. Or, and one more, one more. Yeah. Brie Larson is the best part of this movie, I think. I think she was better than I thought she would be as Captain Marvel. Uh, she she brings like a her own character to it. If you've seen Twenty One Jump Street, she's like a very funny person in that movie, and she brings a lot of that into this as well. Yeah, she's she's got her own kind of sense of humor. She's very disarming. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's it's different to it's almost Tony Stark esque, but it's different. Yeah, yeah, it's not like ripping off Tony. So there's a lot of um, people that actually don't like her in this in this movie because they think she's too wooden. And, uh, like, not... She isn't. Like, from what I saw, she that's, isn't. That's her, like... That's her comedy, I think. It's yeah. like... She's she's all... People in real life are like this. They're very, like, disarming, like you said. Yeah. Just, like, use comedy as, like, a defense mechanism, almost. Yeah. She, 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 was, she felt very genuine to me. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. like, even in her arc of, like, getting her memory back. At no point was she like, this is who I am. I am the greatest person. Like, she, she was never, it like, overly... It yeah. just felt natural. And yeah. I think... I understand the criticism, but I don't think it's necessarily warranted here because it's something we haven't seen before. No. Yeah. We we haven't seen... We, we've seen something like in the form of Gal Gadot where she's a little bit naive, maybe... Um, a, a lot of people said that her performance was great, but she she was a little bit too uh, fresh... She, she purposefully fresh-faced mm. because she was believing in all that mythology and stuff. Whereas you compare it to someone here who's like a pilot and a fire, you know... A, Flying jets for the United, yeah, United States Air Force. She's almost like Ryan Reynolds-esque. If Ryan Reynolds did this performance, people would say, that, that's brilliant. Yeah, It's it's kind of the same kind of dry humour where she's disarming and like she's cocky almost. But, right, yeah. right. And she, she doesn't yeah. compensate. Like if you think about um, the 80s where you had all these shows about Air Force, you know, all, all the jets, all the, all, the, all the kind of Navy pilot movies, uh, Top Gun, for example, right? And, Every character in there is like super masculine, yeah. Like Iceman yeah. and Goose, they're all just like you know, freaking, just right in there with the masculinity. And the female characters have to amp it up just to match it. She didn't do any of that. She was just her own kind of character. The backstory kind of helped fill that that void. Yeah, I reckon she did a great job. I can't yeah. can't fault her anything really. Yeah. I actually agree. I think she was really good as well. I'm keen to see how she interacts with with the other characters. The other yeah, characters. That's yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I think people have... I think everyone wants the characters to be like Tony Stark for some reason. Like all... Which was what Doctor Strange... Yeah. I like Doctor Strange, but he's just Tony he's Stark. He's just... Yeah. Magic. Yeah. So <laughs> every, every character should be their own character. So, you know, there'll, there'll be charismatic characters and there'll be characters that are less charismatic. So I find I found her really charismatic though. I thought she was yeah pretty compelling and she's funny in a different way to like Tony Stark. And even with Captain America, initially I wasn't that on board with him, but as the the movies they made more movies with him, I've been I think more more Captain and more. America goes well when he's interacting with other people, whereas in the first movie it was just him. Just him, yeah. Which is why it felt a bit odd. And I think Black Panther is the same, because in his own movie, I didn't like him that much. But Mm. in Civil War, I liked him more. When he's interacting with other people. I can relate to Captain Marvel. I think it took me a hard time to get used to him because I was half expecting him to combust into flames. Because of his appearance in Fantastic Four previously as <laughs> Johnny Storm. You mean Captain America, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cap- Captain America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Captain America. It was just... Uh... Yeah, when you use the same character in a... The same actor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you've got to be careful. You've got to be really careful to distance That's, yeah, the same yeah, kind of style. style from the other one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've done and, a good enough job. Well, Johnny Storm in that Fantastic Four movie was kind of like a Tony Stark-esque character. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. Steve Rogers is basically the opposite of Tony Stark exactly. <laughs> in every possible way. <laughs> every possible way. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm done now. I'm all done. In terms of positives? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. yeah. I'm actually done this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing I'll add on top, I was, you actually stole my thunder. I was going to talk about Brie Larson, but you, you took it. The other thing I liked, which you guys haven't mentioned, was all the... So this is set in the backdrop of the Kree scroll War. And I actually really liked the scroll effects. I thought they were really good too. And just their just their story as well. It was very there's a bit of mystery about it and um well, Mendo is good, isn't it? Mendo yeah, Mendo was good. Samuel Jackson was good. Yeah, yeah. But Mendo Mendo as a scroll was good. Yeah. 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 He's got a Australian accent, a very <laughs> bit over the top. Yeah. I don't think that's his actual accent that they told him to put it like put it on. Yeah. It. Well it has to be different to the Asgardians who all have Australian accents now. Yeah. <laughs> See, as Guardian, I, I can kind of understand it, but when you're talking about like an uh, interstellar like race inter- of like shape shifting. <laughs> are they all Australian? Are they- <laughs> His wife didn't sound Australian. Oh, she didn't sound Australian. Yeah. Like, yeah. How, how does the alien, a green alien, sound Australian? <laughs> it feels a bit Star Trek y, but okay, that's fine. I, you know, Ben did a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was um, good. I had no idea he was Australian actually until today. I was just like, oh, this is a natural accent. Yeah. It's pretty good. We'll jump into the negatives. I do have a couple, so I'll start with the negatives. So you guys so can steal my thunder. Steal your thunder. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to jump in with my negatives. First. <laughs> so the action sequences weren't—they were fine, but they weren't like adrenaline rushing or anything like that for me. They were—they were fine. They didn't have the same level of um, suspense that some of the other action sequences in the Marvel Cinematic Universe have. For example, like the Thor Hulk fight in Thor Ragnarok. I thought that was a really good action sequence. This doesn't have anything like that. Some of the stuff in uh, all the Russo Brothers movies as well. Yeah. Basically, all the Russo Brothers movies have great action scenes in them. That's that's a s- small drawback. Not a huge deal. I think the, the main purpose of this movie is to introduce you to the character of Carol Danvers, and they've done a good job in that. The only other thing was I would have liked a bit more of a backstory to Carol when she was human. It's kind of shown in montages, but you never actually spend that much time with her when she was not Captain Marvel. Mm, yep, yep. So that's one thing I would have 
probably liked a bit more. Maybe just five minutes of it. But overall, that they're not big negatives, really. I enjoyed the movie. So, did you guys have any other negatives? I think uh, what you just listed actually was uh, something that touched on my feeling of the movie because they went with a memento esque kind of story of filling in the present first and then the backstory eventually. They sacrificed the opportunity to have a bit more of a nuanced world building exercise mm-hmm. where they could actually say, "Oh, you know, this is Hala. This is the you know." They, they did it in subtitles on the bottom, which is lovely. I love that. It aspect. was very Guardians of Galaxy esque. Yes, well. and even yeah. they had codes on the bottom. Yeah. And, and yeah. In Guardians of Galaxy. They even yeah. used the same font yeah. as Guardians. Yeah. Same yeah. font, which yeah. I, I love that touch. It made it feel automatically like, okay, I'm in this world. I wonder what other worlds are nearby, and it took did that a few times, which was great. So I, this should this should be going on the positives. The world building was great, <laughs> but in terms of sacrificing the the, the, the traditional storyline uh, or the storytelling technique, yeah, you miss out on a lot of backstory. You miss yeah. out on a lot of. It only kind of becomes apparent when they try to go for this emotional. There's an emotional scene which you're meant to connect with. I did connect with it, but I think it would have been a bigger connection if. We had a little bit more backstory. I think you guys know what I'm referring to, but there's this character of a best friend and there's some scenes with her which would have had a bigger emotional impact if we had a bit more backstory. I I think it it was done intentionally and for a purpose so that it didn't just, you know, spoil the crux of the of 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 the ending of the last uh, act which was good uh, one other small criticism i would make is yeah, i i know it's introducing captain marvel but i felt and i think this is also kind of shown in the plot she was really kind of restricted in how much power she could act, she could output for i think right until the that 90% of the movie that 90% of the movie yeah. and when you watch guardians of the galaxy for example and you you have this kind of uh you have this character who is just almost unbeatable Somehow the whole team kind of comes together and, and finds a way just to go over that 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 pinnacle and just kind of overtop that power level. This one didn't feel as satisfying, but it was a good show of what she's capable of. And I think we're not going to get a real taste for the real potential of Captain Marvel until Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Anything in particular that you had in terms of negatives? Um, it's I think it's like similar to what you guys were saying in terms of the payoff in the end wasn't too great. Is what. I think we're all getting it in terms of the story kind of was building to something, but in the end, when it builds there, you don't really feel it all that much. And saying that the stakes weren't too high as well, you never feel like anyone's in any real danger at any point, mostly because Captain Marvel's so overpowered, I guess. And there's never a point in the movie that you feel there's someone that could beat her easily. So that kind of just... The stakes aren't very high, and the payoff isn't that great. I would say overall this story wasn't amazing. It's more of a introduction to Captain Marvel, which is good leading into Endgame. I'm glad this has come out so close to Endgame. If this came out like a year out of Endgame and we still had a long time, I think I wouldn't like it all that much. I wasn't that excited for this movie about a week ago, but then as I was walking to the the premiere and sitting down in front knowing that I'm going to watch Captain Marvel in a second, like the excitement I felt was almost like the excitement I felt before Infinity War. It was, I was pretty, I was pretty hyped because it's been a while since we've had Marvel. The last one was Ant-Man and the Wasp and that was July last year. So, oh, damn, it's been that long. Yeah, so it was, it felt like, yeah, we're, we're back. Like it, it was a good feeling. But yeah, the payoff it, in the end, I felt wasn't as, the heart was good, but going in at the end, you're like, I wish there was just a little bit more in there. Yeah. 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 And and because this is set in the 90s, there's also this inherent question of 
where has she been all this time? And the kind of question. And I'm sure that'll be answered. But the other yeah. thing about the 90s is there's certain characters in this movie that you know are in movies past this. So you it ruins the stakes for those characters as well. You know nothing bad will happen to them. That's right, true. Right, right. Yeah. Because you know they're, a, they're still alive. You know they're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're assuming it's the same... It's the same universe. It's the same Earth. You know, exactly. Same... Yeah. Unless yeah. something crazy happens, but yeah, it kind of it, it's a drawback being set in the '90s, as well as a a plus point in plus terms point. of they could do whatever they want in the '90s because there's no other superheroes. But also, you know, where some of the characters are going to end up. It's kind of the problem that Solo or Star Wars story had in terms of no stakes because you know. You know, le- yeah, exactly. you know the lead character's not yeah. going to die. I enjoyed this movie more than that, but that movie wasn't very good. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it, it suffers for, from some similar problems, I would say. Okay. Do we have anything else to say before we give our ratings and we'll jump into spoilers? Do you have anything to add? Um, I would just like to comment on the fact, I don't know if we're going to touch on this, but the fact that the, um, the absolute beating this film is getting on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if we're going to touch on this, but it... It seems that there's a big discrepancy between um, like what the official rating is mm-hmm. from, and I'm just using Rotten Tomatoes as an example, what what the official rating is from the critics and what the audience rating is. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they removed that now. I think they... So there was an issue before, prior to the film's release, where you can say you want to watch the movie or you don't, like you're interested right. or you're not interested. But it wasn't just Captain Marvel that it affected. It was also the upcoming Star Wars movie, and uh, they just got an absolute beating in that. That you, if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, you see the fresh Rotten score, and then you see this thing on the side that's like percentage people who want to see this. Yeah, and yeah. it's just an upvote or a downvote. You want to see this or you don't want to see this. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, you go in there, whatever movie it is, it's like an 80, 90%. I want to see this. Otherwise, why are people going in there anyway? Right, right. But right. yeah, for this movie and for Star Wars, they got down to like 15% or something because mm. people were just making multiple. They were just bombing. Downvoting it, yeah. But since it's been released, they so they uh, they removed they, that count. They removed it before it got released. Yeah, on all movies, and they're not going to bring it back. Right, basically. And now yeah. the only thing that stands is the current, just the casual, the audience score. audience score on yeah. that. And now maybe Strabin, you can go into the details as to why the audience score is so different to the actual official critic score. But the disparities, the uh, the current critic rating is eighty one percent, which is probably about where I. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd stand with this film. Mm-hmm. Audience rating is thirty-seven percent, so that's a forty-four percent discrepancy, and that is the largest discrepancy in the entire MCU right now. Um, as a contrast, the the most positive uh, discrepancy is the Thor: The Dark World, which was given ten percent more by by critics, by casual critics. But uh, why do you think this? What, what's happening with the with the? Uh... So the the reason behind the the negative backlash for this movie is something Brie Larson said in a I think it was a press meet or something um she was talking about this movie but she was basically taken out of contest i don't know if someone asked her a question or what happened but she was talking about how there's a lot of white male critics i think she was just talking about the the question was worded in a way to get an answer that would be taken out of context and be a bad thing yeah so that and it was basically about like the under under utilization of like women in film and other areas yes yeah yeah yeah. And yeah, she basically just said it's there's too many white male stuff. Yeah, so she was just saying she didn't word it great, which didn't help her cause, but But saying uh, that she yeah. probably couple champagnes in, it's premiere night, you know, <laughs> she's just trying to have a good time and then people asking her all these serious questions. So like you can't really take 
that as her actual opinion. No, but I think all, all she was trying to say is there should be more diversity in, in terms of the people that are film critics. There should be more non-white males that more are diverse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just so then specifically, she also said there's like underuse of women in yes. everything. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. yeah, but so so because of this statement. So purportedly, so, a lot of a lot of angry young white males maybe have come. Yeah, out so they've it. just come out and they've just before this movie even came out, they were like talking about this movie not gonna. It's not gonna be good. It's just gonna be this like feminist piece, and you know that let's just not watch it. Like that's we're not interested. And for and the problem with Marvel movies is there's a lot of people that love to hate Marvel stuff as well. So you get these like DC fanboys that are hating on it. <laughs> then you have this other group of white males that are like, see, oh, even if that's true, they can't say shit with Wonder Woman. Is probably a bigger statement. You would be surprised. This. You should see some of the DC fanboy. I don't mind DC films. I know I sound like a Marvel fanboy. If all DC uh, fanboys could yeah. just write into the show after this, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's some pretty funny posts on. I'll show you them later. Yeah. But yeah, DC people hate on Marvel. Yeah, and then there's this whole other pe- group of people that have started hating on it as well. Oh, man. And then it just all together, and it's become um, yeah. more of a more than the movie. It's become more of a personal attack on Brie Larson as well. Like they just don't want this movie to do well because they don't well, like ever, her. Ever since they, ever since it started, the first trailer, they're like, "Oh, Brie Larson's not smiling enough in the trailer." Yeah, it's just been stupid shit like yeah. that against Brie Larson ever since. Ever since the first trailer kind of dropped, I, I think there is a there is there is definitely a higher standard to which even I subconsciously put on a, a lead female actress, which is taking on such a big big role that I would give to maybe like Robert Downey Jr. when he first did Iron Man. I remember when he did, I was like, yeah, he's going to be fine. He's just be just be himself. He'll be yeah. he'll be great. Well, I, I actually because because of his history. I didn't. I, I didn't think. I didn't think he was a good choice, but he was obviously the best choice that they made. Yeah, yeah. Because he was on cocaine the whole time. <laughs> so, for the record, we can say this: this film is definitely. I, I didn't think it was a feminist power piece. No, it's not. That, did, that didn't come across at all. There were definitely I mean, times the, that there's scenes towards. I I noticed it more in the second viewing. There's scenes towards the end, which can be interpreted as being. Like feminist, but, but it's it's a a woman in a powerful situation. Yeah. It is going to be, but feminist to a certain extent. For me, what it felt shoving shoving it down your throat as a feminist movie. For me, what it felt more like was just they didn't talk about her as being a woman. Or there's there's one mention of her being a woman actually in the whole movie. the The whole thing is just about being human. They, yeah, yeah. They talk about her being human, and it's it's also the the way they show it is they show the challenges that that she personally has gone through to kind of to get to get to the level that she's been at. She goes through the USA, the, the you know the Air Force, the training, and all that extremely high physical requirements, mental requirements, the the caliber you got to rise to. They show that really, really, really well. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In the film, without ever even making it like too much of a... It's not shoved down your throat as like a... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, no, it's not a statement. And, and, and yeah. that, that scene you're talking about, it's definitely more about humankind. Yes. yes. Than, than being yeah. a woman. Yeah, but, being yeah. a woman. But yeah. saying that, when you watch a... Well, let's say you're watching Thor and you see Chris Hemsworth going around being a hero. For men, it's kind of like a empowering thing as well. Like, it's not super empowering because we're not Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah. but, um, we're never going to be him. Yeah. Um, but it's like a similar feeling. It's not Definitely, like, yeah. It's not like it's supporting men over women or anyone over anyone. It's just supporting kind of humans, I guess. Yes. It's a similar, similar thing no. to this. Yeah, I think it's good because... I mean, there's there's superiors that I can relate to, not in terms of superpowers, but in terms of their characters, I can relate to some of them, and it'll be good for you know women and girls to have someone to look up to as well. So, which which super, which which character do you relate to the most? That's a personal question. It's a it is a per, it's a good question. Um, there's parts of Peter Parker that I relate to. There's parts of Tony Stark that I relate to. Ned, who's Ned, Ned as in Peter Parker's friend. Yeah, do you relate to Ned? <laughs> I thought that was your answer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's. I, I, I don't really relate much to like characters like Thor because he's so, he's basically a god. So, this, um, but there's, there's, you know, the more human characters like um, Tony Stark, Peter Parker, even parts of Bruce Banner. Um, Ant Man. Yeah. Ant Man's very relatable. <laughs> Ant Man, Batman, parts of him. So yeah, yeah. he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I'd say. I don't know why the Marvel films have always been something like for me like oh they're, they're nice to read. DC those really kind of struck me personally where it's like oh crap that's that's I relate to this character that character. I find yeah. it I find it the opposite actually. I find Marvel characters more relatable and DC characters more on kind of like godly level. Right, right, feel, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like oh shit these guys yeah. are crazy. Well, it's really only Batman that's not but a even, god. Even Batman is like crazy in terms of the shit he can do. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I remember really good things. I think DC. All the DC heroes are the stories are based off of actual heroes trying to be normal people. Yes, Marvel's people trying, trying to, be to be heroes. heroes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, 
we got diverted a bit, but while while we're on the topic, what what uh, superheroes do you guys relate to? So this is a tough one. Um, Plastic Man, Plastic Man, (laughs) a little bit of Sandman. No, no, no. (laughs) definitely um, a bit of Peter Parker, given that that was the only one who I used to read when I was growing up. And yeah, Batman, Bruce Wayne, a lot of a lot of different themes. My parents are still alive. It's perfectly fine that way. (laughs) (laughs) Just in the themes of how. how he views the world and how that is constantly evolving and changing and that he's just that, that whole sense of disenfranchisement of, of, uh, I, I'm not going to leave it to another entity authority. I'll just do that myself. Not, not in, in any kind of personal sense, but in the more like the moralistic sense of, well, what is the ideal kind of step you would take? So yeah, yeah definitely yeah, a lot of DC influences. To clarify, um, people might take this out of context cause that's what people do these days. Um, <laughs> I relate to Tony Stark, not not because he's arrogant or anything like that. Because he's an alcoholic. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> because he's into redhead. No. Yeah. Stop drinking, man. Come on. Um, put, it's... The, put the scotch down. Put it down. Why do you think these these podcasts are so entertaining? <laughs> um, it's it's more that he's um, he's always trying to innovate and he has that in his mind. Um, I'm nowhere near as talented or as intelligent as Tony Stark, but I always like to improve things. I like to. I never think that things are the best way they are. I like to see improvement in in everything. So that's something I relate to him in terms of Tony Stark. But Peter Parker, he's you know he's a high school nerd, so I, I could relate to him when I was at high school. How about you? I think I think the one that everyone always says is Peter Parker because he's the most relatable superhero ever made, possibly. Probably he has a normal like a normal job outside of superhero stuff and it's like juggling that it's kind of what you feel when you're growing up like juggling being a student playing sport and yeah like learning and all that shit yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so that's why it's so relatable like. yeah and it's also explains why he also sells the most merchandise out of any superhero oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and yours yeah. is a bit of a meta meta one because peter parker looks up to uh, Tony Stark. So you That's true. Up, so you look up to yourself. <laughs> myself, yeah. There's a part of me that looks up to myself, yeah. Is there anyone else? Not really. I'm not, I'm not really, yeah. The Beast? No, yeah, because I'm pretty hairy. <laughs> <laughs> it's inside, just like that. Um, no, I don't think there's, there's no one, there's parts of every superhero that I kind of can see myself being. Yeah. I'm, I'm very Ant-Man though. I'm, I make stupid jokes and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can ag- agree with that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not not um, Hank Pym, but more uh, Scott Lang. Scott Lang, yeah. Scott Lang, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's obviously superheroes that I look up to, like Captain America. I can't really relate to him, but he's a seems like a nice guy. Yeah, if we have a Captain Australia, <laughs> sure, bring him in. I'll look up to him. There, there is actually a Captain um, Britain. Captain Britain. Yeah, yeah, there is a Captain a Captain Britain. Britain. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, coming from my actual descendancy, I don't think that's the that's the best way to go. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right, there's not enough. Uh, there's no Indian Indian superheroes, from what I know. Oh, well, on that topic, there is a Pakistani. Well, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Yeah, yeah, but she's not um, Indian. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, we're gonna get a lot of inboxes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am number one fan listening to show I boycott now. <laughs> uh, uh, this is going to turn into the ICC Facebook page. Yeah, we, we are actually funded by the BCCI. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of going. Uh, 
Uh, okay, we'll, we'll get back to Captain Marvel. Uh, we'll leave Miss Marvel for another time. We um, could actually talk about her at the end of this episode because yeah. there's some rumours. Yeah. Yes, there. Yeah. We'll get we'll get to our ratings. So last episode we or two episodes ago we introduced an Infinity Stone rating. So we go through each it's of the. Very, it's very stupid. Yeah, <laughs> but you'll enjoy it. There's um, we go through the six Infinity Stones and we say whether this movie has those stones, metaphorically. So for example, the Soul Stone. If if a movie has a soul stone, it means it has a bit of heart. Ah, oh, that's um, actually that's clever. That's not yeah. too bad. That's pretty good. But <laughs> some of the other ones are a bit more stupid. So space. to get the space stone, it needs to be in space for a certain. <laughs> <laughs> Which this movie definitely is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's good. That's a good yeah. requirement. Actually, that's not too bad. Yeah, and space. It needs to, for the time stone. It needs to jump through different time periods. Yes, it has that. So yeah. it's, it's got time jogging. Okay, well, let's let's go through them. So we've got space stone. Has space that. stone, absolutely. Has yes, a time stone. Time stone. Time stone. Yes. Yep. For the power stone, it needs to have someone who's pretty powerful in the or movie. some sort of action. Yeah. Oriented, which yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah, which it does. It definitely which it does. does. Yeah. Definitely does. So yeah. non-spoiler, still it's okay. Still yeah. still does. What What are the other ones? Mind. Mind stone it needs to make you think a little bit. Yeah. Think a little bit. Well, it wasn't. It did have a. Um, yeah, it it did have a kind of a, what do you call it? like a like a like a double plot where you weren't really sure yeah. to trust a particular you know. Enemy. Yeah, there was a bit of mystery around. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, I was still on guard. I was still on guard while watching it. I didn't really think that no, it was gonna. There was there was some twist that I didn't see coming. Yeah, for sure. So there were some that I did. I don't. I don't want to sound like. I'm up myself, but I did see all the twists coming. <laughs> all, right. all right, we'll talk about it in spoilers. Let's talk about all the twists. Yeah. I, I I don't know what what is the most technically mind-boggling Marvel Cinematic Universe film like that really made you think. I think that's a good comparison point. Really made me think. I'd say Doctor Strange. Doctor um, Strange, yeah. The Black Panther made me think in another way, not not story-wise, but more in terms of society-wise. Oh yeah, yeah. society-wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, thinking in terms more of... of like a civil war or something. They're not massively like. I don't think there's any Marvel movie that yeah. makes you think a whole lot. They're not Inception. Like none of them are that level. Of, none of them yeah. have like intricate plot lines yeah. or yeah. anything like that. You got to yeah. keep in mind the target well, audience is still. If you, if you add Infinity War and Endgame together and make it one movie, I reckon that would be a thinker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. In, in that sense, speaking, I, I think mind-wise, it's pretty straightforward. Yes. Yes. Pretty okay. So I don't I'll think mind it, would apply. I'll give it like a half. Half mind. I'll yeah. give it a half. Yeah. <laughs> half mind half mind so yeah. you can switch off half your brain yes yeah yeah, yeah absolutely you can yeah. just watch it casually um, um where, where are we at soul does it have reali- soul? uh reality soul, and doesn't have soul so what's the reality reality is is it does it feel real <laughs> does it have enough grounding does, yeah, does, does it does make it, you believe the world is real does it make you feel like this could happen right right no but but it's still set in real world reality. earth 90s yeah. I think I think the '90s aesthetic nailed makes yep. it get the reality stone. Yes, yep. 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 definitely. I think because of the period it was set in, um, compared to something like Guardians, where very little amount of screen time is spent on Earth, yeah, yep. it's yep. very, very kind of fantastical. So you really have to stretch out for that one. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it gets gets the reality stone. So. And the last one, Soul. Soul. I think it definitely aims to get the soul, whether it gets it or not. I'll is, say uh, half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd say that it is it is a crux of this movie because it's that journey of finding out who she is. It, it's done in a different way, but I, I'd say there's room for improvement. In yeah, that, in, in that. I think if it, story, if sorry. it did have, like I said in the negatives, if it did have that backstory, I think it would have got the soul. 
I think it just well, missed. I think it has half. It it has half. Like there's definitely moments that you feel emotional. There's no doubt about it. So. Also, I was thinking there's uh there's two reasons this movie has the space stone, which we can go into. Yeah, I, I know. I know exactly what <laughs> yeah. you're talking about now. I don't. Know. I was gonna say it. So in the, in the stone count, we're five five out of seven. Sorry, five out of six because we had two halves. Two halves. Four out of four. Four out of six. So it's it's oh, got sorry. yeah. It's got the it's got the space. It's got the time. No, it's five out of six. We're right. Five out of six. So yeah, space, yeah. time, uh, reality. Half of soul, half of mind. Yes, half soul, half of mind. That's and four. Full of everything. Okay, no, so five. Pretty sure it got five. everything. Yeah. It, it definitely mentioned everything. I was gonna say your yeah, mind will be definitely half. Time yeah, yeah. stone full. Time, time stone full. Time yeah. Stone full. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. 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 So it's uh, five out of six. Five out of six. That's pretty yeah. strong. Yeah. Strong. Yeah. It's, yes. I agree with that rating. That's by the way, that's not like an ambiguous percentage wise. That's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's yeah. not the perfect film, but yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, there's times where the Infinity Stone rating will fall apart. But yeah, for this movie, it this was, one, yeah, it worked. <laughs> this one, I mean, it's there's a bit of conflict of interest here as well. <laughs> we'll talk about it in spoilers in one second. So, if you guys haven't seen the movie and you care about spoilers, please come back to this point in the in the episode, and we'll talk spoilers. So, spoilers, we'll, we'll start with the time, the, the Space Stone. So, the Space Stone is actually physically in this movie. Yeah, so it's in this movie, so <laughs> yeah, that's why it gets in. The yeah. Tesseract, as it's known, <laughs> is in this one. Yeah. We don't have to go through the whole movie, but there's some things that I wanted to mention. Starting with the Marvel fanfare for this movie, they um, had a tribute to Stan Lee, which was, uh, which was great. That was super nice. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> it, was, it was like almost as if they... They weren't planning it, but they just did it in the in the last minute because Stanley makes his last cameo, I think, in this film. Is that correct? No, I, still I think he's. More. Oh, one more. One I think he's in Endgame. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice. One more, possibly two more. Possibly Far From Home as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, no, it was it was a great tribute. I, I loved it. Yeah, and he's in the movie as well. In case you're wondering, so he does have a cameo. Yes, yes. So, other things I want to mention: Project Pegasus is uh, central to the plot in this movie, and it is. Mentioned in the Avengers, so it's basically the project about the Tesseract. So that that gets a, a mention. I mean, before we go into towards the end of the movie, was there any other spoilers you wanted to talk? Should we talk about Easter eggs? Yeah, we can do Easter eggs. Yeah. Easter so eggs. you said you you saw some. Well, um, the ship that they're flying is a kind of first first model Avengers Quinjet. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the the, yeah. Qu- the Quinjet, which they fly around the, in their the flagship. Quinjet that they fly oh, around is interesting. Like a, First model Quinjet that they're using. Nick Fury loses his eye. <laughs> Not really an Easter egg. Uh, what else is there that did you guys pick up on any other Easter eggs through? With with the Nick Fury losing his eye one, there's an interesting thing. So I think it was in Iron Man or at some point. Someone I really trust. Uh, it's in Winter Soldier. It's in Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. Winter Soldier. Yeah. So Winter Soldier. Um, he says the last oh, person, die. the yeah, last yeah. person he trusted, gave him this busted eye. So you know yeah. <laughs> that's a goose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the last person he trusted was the cat. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> The well, he still keeps it, good. so... The cat's very good. The cat I, is very good. We didn't mention the cat. The yeah. cat was actually uh, I, quite good. I wouldn't know where the cat is, to be honest. I want him in Endgame. <laughs> he could do quite good in Endgame. Obviously, it has Korath, and yeah, it looks like by Ronan. the end of it, half his face gets blown off. So Korath, the pursuer, and Conan, the accuser. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah he does <laughs> this time. Yeah. It's got Ronan before he goes full, I'm a god, whatever. He looks a bit different in this because one. Because he doesn't have the face paint. That's right. That's yeah, what it yeah, was. Yeah, the yeah. face paint. Yeah. yeah, the face paint felt like it was a bit more something like a bit of a. It's because personal uh, rebellious in, thing. In this movie, he's still kind of normal, 
But once it gets to Guardians, he thinks he's a god. Yeah, so and he goes that, more yeah. sort of radical. Yeah. I feel like in Guardians, he was almost separate from the Scree. Like, he wasn't part of the... No, the he's, he's a rogue. He's a rogue agent. He's a rogue, he's a rogue agent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and this one, he's, 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 he's still Cree. Yeah. So I feel like something must have happened in between then in, in, in the Cree civilization. So Basically, like I think the, the... The what's that person called? The great intelligence. Oh, the uh, Super- supreme intelligence. Supreme intelligence. It's false. And false. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And supreme I think the the war ends. I think I don't think the war is happening anymore. Interesting. Yeah. One. Yeah. So one. Now that we're on spoilers, there was a bit of dialogue in the film about the supreme intelligence showing its true form only to a select few individuals. I was a little bit disappointed we didn't get to see or, or a hint about its true form, but maybe there might be. Holding maybe, on to that. maybe for, for future for later. future movies, yeah, yeah. Because apparently I, I that was the um, scroll story will be integral in kind of Captain Marvel future. Yeah, yeah, future yeah. Movies. It depends where they take it in terms of sequels. So, <clears throat> oh, at, a couple ways. At yeah. the end of this movie, there's still a big gap between the end of this movie and the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's about. I think, I think what they could do is probably for Captain Marvel sequels, just do them between then. So up to what she does, what she does between here and and, and game, because there's probably enough stuff, and she's all the way across the other end of the galaxy. So, like, we wouldn't know what was happening there. So, I think that's an option, yeah. or they could do a posting game. Yeah. Plenty of opportunities to throw in small little references to like Guardians of the Galaxy here and there. Yeah, yeah, or Thor Ragnarok or something like that. Yeah, no. yeah, because I think the movie that's probably most related to this movie is probably Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. And then Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. But I was going to say, she is obviously, she's not the first Avenger, because that's Captain America. Oh, but uh, her name is, uh, her nickname. Is Avenger. Is Avenger. And that's where Nick Fury gets the idea of the Avengers initiative. initiative. So it was initially going to be called uh, the... Protectors. Protector, Protector Initiative. So would have been, imagine, I was just saying, would have been hilarious if he was looking the at that. Carol, Carol, uh, Avenger Danvers or whatever, <laughs> and he wrote the Carol Initiative or something. <laughs> Carol, we're the Carols. <laughs> Carols assemble. <laughs> Can you imagine Captain America saying Carols that? assemble? Oh my gosh! It's just all the Carols in the world. They yeah. all assemble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like the hint at the end where the um the music hypes up the the yeah. uh, ah the, the Avengers theme. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Avengers theme. Every okay. time the Avengers theme comes on, it's just uh, it's yeah. great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Other things, Clark. Greg. Clark Greg, yeah. yeah who plays Ed Coulson. Yeah, he's, in he's back, yeah. Yeah, very small role, but he's in it for a little bit. Pegasus in this. Eddie, anything else that you guys could point out? I'm sure there's a lot of stuff, but I would have, I'm blanking. I should have taken notes. I yeah, um, there wasn't that much. It, to be honest, it's more of a, it's very much a standalone movie. Yes. Um, obviously, if you've watched the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, you will enjoy it. But I think you can watch this without that and you'd still enjoy it. There was there was one nice little reference I wanted to show. The final act where they were going for the canyon seemed almost scene for scene reminiscent of Independence Day when Will Smith was chasing that spaceship through the canyon, oh, yeah, shooting it, it through. Is, it is uh, quite similar. And then yeah. Carol Danvers dragging Jude Law through, like Will Smith yeah, dragging the alien. Dragging the alien. It's Welcome to similar. Earth. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like that was a direct reference to Independence uh, Day. That scene actually reminded me of Star Wars Episode One. Oh, the pod race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now this is pod racing. <laughs> Just post that scene. Do you know when um Jude Law kind of tells Carol Danvers to like fight him without her powers and whatever? Yep. 
that scene reminded me of that Indiana Jones scene where the guy's like full going with the and sword. then he just gets yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was actually a lot of I wouldn't say a lot of comedy, but there was comedy in the movie. Yeah, and it wasn't like jarring or anything. Was, I, did, I think this is one of the less funny movies of recent times. They've been heavy with comedy. Yeah, this yeah. is probably one of the least comedic movies they've put out at times. I would say probably as funny as Black Panther, maybe. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a little, quite a bit of humor based around just the the setting, especially yeah. like the, yeah. the internet disconnecting due to idiot, like the, yeah. the dial up and all that kind of stuff. I found yeah. that funny. Oh, the, so you were going to say there was something the Terminator Two scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when she steals the clothes <laughs> off the mannequin and then drives the motorbike away. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, that is uh, very reminiscent. That's, that's of... a Terminator Two reference. Yeah, so, and she's um... wearing like a leather jacket as well, and with the sunnies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was the scene that reminded me of Speed is. Uh, when they're fighting on the train, the top of the train, because there's a scene at the end of Speed where they're fighting on the top of the train. Oh, they're on top of the oh, train. Yeah, yeah, they're on the bus. No, there is a part in the train. Oh, so yeah. most of the movie's in the bus, but then yeah. they move on to the train. And then there was that scene when she falls through the blockbuster, we're talking about this one, and she's like, verse to, to Space Command on yeah. her little wrist communicator. I'm like, that's that's Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. just... Yeah. Typical I mean, there's, there's movies, when she drops into the blockbuster, there's movies that she, she obviously lands she, in the... She shoots Arnold Schwarzenegger's face in True Lies. Yeah, and she, <laughs> yeah. I think she landed in the Arnold Schwarzenegger section because all the movies behind her, I noticed this more on the second viewing, but all of them were mostly Arnie's movies. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. yeah. There was yeah. one, when she stops and she looks at she looks at one of the, the VHSs, there, I saw, I noticed Hook behind her. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The movie Hook. So she was. Uh, she must have been in some. Do you remember the she, name of that thing that she picked she up? She picks up a Kevin Smith movie, I think. Not because I recognised it, but because Kevin Smith put a, a post up on Facebook saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. It "Does this mean I'm in the Marvel Cinematic Universe?" So it yeah. must be a Kevin Smith movie. I think it's an Air Force related movie. So yeah, yeah it's related. So, like first year rookie Air Force members all yeah. trying yeah. to get I together. I think I think it's got Kevin. It's something related to Kevin Smith. There is a Kevin Smith related thing in this movie <laughs> at some point and yeah. there was one nice shazam easter egg so when she's changing the colors of her suit one of them goes to like a red and yellow color hue and that is apparently referenced to shazam oh really yeah okay. yeah yeah yep, yep. the, the, i think it was the neon the glowing one the neon glowy one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. which is because yeah. a cross cross uh, comic reference which is nice I like <laughs> that one. and just one last one so i mentioned the name of sue deconic uh kelly sue deconic the one who wrote the 2012 Miss Marvel comic reboot. So she was in this film. She was the person who... The old um, lady that she punches? Not the old lady, but the first lady she bumps. Actually, yeah. The old lady she bumps getting onto the train, the first one. Gives her a bit of a shove. I thought it was the same one. That's the same lady. Is it the same lady? Same lady. Okay, that's... That's That's, that's why she realized that it's a scroll. Yeah. Because she bumped into that lady Ah, outside. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah, that was her. That was the creator, so... Uh, Okay. I thought that was Brie Larson, actually. Those rumors that was Brie Larson. But it must be the creator. Brie Larson. Must be the creator. And and, uh, Stan Lee's cameo in the same train. Same train. So apparently he plays himself because he is reading a script... Of Mole Rats. So he's reading lines from Mole oh, Rats. Okay, so that must be the Kevin Smith cameo. Poss- I think Mole Rats because was the Mole Kevin Smith. Mole Rats is written by Kevin Smith. Yeah. Oh, released okay. in 995. Yeah. And so he appears as himself in that one, which is the first. He does, yes. He, yeah. Stanley plays his own character in Mole Rats. And yeah, he's like a Hugh Hefner type character in the movie. <laughs> of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, okay, that must be the Kevin Smith thing. Don't know which movie she picks up. I, I read it this time because the first time it was, it was a bit fuzzy so i couldn't read it but this time i actually read it something like the right moves or something like that but it looks like an air force movie yep yep we we can look i'll I'll find the name i'll just blurt it out when i find it the right stuff 
That was the, the right stuff. That's <laughs> the right it. Right stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 What did I say? Right moves. It was, I was close. You were close. close. Yeah. Like pretty close. Yeah. I enjoyed the end of the movie where she discovers her powers, and there's a there's a moment which I referred to earlier where it can be interpreted as a feminist piece, but it's not really. It's more about being human and overcoming your weaknesses. So that was that was really good. But at the end of the movie, basically, she leaves the Tesseract on Earth. With Nick Fury, so that's in the cat. <laughs> in the cat, so that's a connection to the rest of the. In terms of the Infinity Stone connection, that's a connection to the rest of the movies. But we'll move on to the end credit scene. Oh, the the plot twist! I saw them coming only because in the comics the Skrulls are the good guys and the Kree are the bad guys. Okay, and so you everyone, saw that, and yeah. everyone on the team with her are bad. bad guys. Are bad. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. See, I had no idea about the the, the Kree Skrull war until. This movie came along. I only know the Kree were bad from Ronan. But yeah, the rest of the team as well is all full of bad because it's got what's that guy's name? Korath. Korath, yeah. yeah. Korath. And Yon Rog is um Captain Marvel's arch enemy, so that kind of uh-huh. gave it away. Yeah, so going into not knowing that that was yeah. a bit of a bit of a surprise. But that actually yeah. did surprise me as well. What yeah. Yon Rog? That, no, that that I knew because I knew Jude Law was going to be the bad guy. Yeah. So yeah. that that wasn't as much of a surprise. It was more that the scrolls weren't bad yeah but yeah. This, historically the scrolls are always the good guys in that war but they're both bad because they're both aliens but yeah yeah and the only thing that did surprise me was that the old lady is marvel because yeah yes. I did, yeah because marvel's usually a young man who has a romantic relationship with carol danvers yeah so they've yeah. kind of skipped there's yeah. parts of the comics which are a little bit outdated so yeah. they've, they've they've skipped that stuff well, given that she sees her when she looks into the supreme intelligence she does admire her i think not, more, more well, as a man a romantic relationship <laughs> hey her sexuality is never mentioned man like it could be that she's into it yeah. <laughs> i'm not saying that she shouldn't do it but she was like 40 years <laughs> if marvel was a 40 was like a 60 year old dude i'm pretty sure everyone will be egging that on <laughs> in some in some manner or something but yeah that's probably the one thing that surprised me yeah everything yeah. else i kind of saw coming i wanted to mention the scene at the end where she does see the supreme intelligence in the form of annette benning and the nirvana song is nirvana playing song. i just found it funny how annette benning kind of dances to it <laughs> i just found that a little i just i don't know i chuckled it was funny <laughs> i just felt like a an ai just, just going, like oh the music yeah this, this is nice music it, it just felt like a, a like a like a little childish computer program going hey it's a dancing music I'm dancing. <laughs> so anything else before we jump to end credits, no. villains aren't that great in this movie as well. I should point that out. The negatives. I think it's because the person you think is the villain is not actually the villain. Yeah, for most of the movie. Well, yeah. Yon Rog wasn't great either. I think nah. Jude Law was kind of underused. He was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I still think Yon Rog was not a villain per se, but but one of the agents, one of the characters who was just progressing the plot. Yeah. Was the main villain? I think the main villain was Supreme, Supreme Intelligence probably wasn't that yeah. great either. No. Yeah. But Mendo was good. Mendo, Mendo was good, yeah. Mendo's good. Mendo was actually yeah. funny. But I could see Jude Law coming back in future movies and being good. Because he's not dead. He's so, not dead. Yeah. yeah. Could yeah. be back. You could also say in a symbolic way that the real antagonist of this film was the everything holding Captain Marvel back, even her own inhibitions. Which I guess was the supreme intelligence because they... She had. I knew, thing. I knew yeah. that was holding her back. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's her you know, powers. Are <laughs> she had that. that. Yeah. She had this 
thing on her neck, which is basically controlling. Oh yeah, the, the inhibitor that yeah. was the yeah. real antagonist. Because yeah, yeah that's a, that's a real antagonist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So once that stick. once that went, it was yeah. uh, she became Captain Marvel. Yeah. What I wasn't sure was was she actually a captain? No. So how does she Captain Marvel? She's not Captain Marvel yet. <laughs> She's not Captain Marvel yet. But the yeah. title, but, said, but the whole title and the, yeah, the movie they, title, they, and her flying through it. And... They never, they never specifically say Captain Marvel in the movie. But he, yeah, he hints at Marvel, but uh, yeah, she's not a captain. I reckon that's in future movies because she looked like she was more junior in terms of where yeah. she was. Well, no, the... she wasn't in the army. She wasn't in the air force. She never flew she was until just... that incident. No, she did fly testing planes, but not in the... not in battle. Yes, or not in, in battle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, an actual thing. That's it. That's it. Okay, end credits. So, um, what happens in the end credits scene is it... I was pretty surprised by this one actually. I wasn't because, unfortunately, I listened to a, a, a plot leak which told me the entire credit scene. But basically what happens is we flash forward to the, after the after Avengers Infinity War and you see Steve Rogers, Black Widow, and who else Mark was it? Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo and, and Rhodey. Yeah, so they're all there and they're looking at the, <laughs> the little pager that, oh, we didn't mention this, but basically Captain Marvel upgrades a, an ordinary pager to be an intergalactic pager for Nick Fury and she tells him strictly only on emergencies. So he didn't think that when New York was getting... Nah, it's like, no nah, guys, this is fine. This New York fine. was getting yeah. invaded by, by aliens. It's like, nah, this is not an emergency. <laughs> we'll get through this. <laughs> when, when Ultron was going to destroy Earth. No, nah, guys, we got this. We got this. <laughs> we totally got this. We got this. <laughs> When, when there was a massive meteorite heading towards Wakanda. No, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, not Wakanda. Freaking, what was that place? The uh, Soko- Sokovia. 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 That's yeah. when Ultron was going to... Ultron, yeah. yeah. So yeah. apparently she was meant to be in the screenwriting. She was going to be in Ultron. She was meant to come in an Ultron. Yeah, she was. Yeah, that was good. Joss Whedon would be too many characters and didn't want her in it. No, she was only going to be in the very... You know the very last scene of Ultron? Where they show the new Avengers, like uh, yeah, Captain America's about to say yeah, Avengers yeah. Assemble. She was meant to just but play. He wanted her to have like a proper intro before just chucking her in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is fair enough. Yeah. If she appeared in that, I would have been pissed. Because <laughs> she wouldn't have been able to like save anyone. It would have just been like a final act of like, oh, like, oh just... shit, who's that chick? <laughs> <laughs> who's that? Where did she come from? Where the, what the hell were you doing this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, glad they did do that and went this way. Yeah. Uh, continue with the end credits. So basically they have this pager and it stops flashing. So it had the Captain Marvel symbol on it from when Nick Fury pressed it to contact Captain Marvel. So it was flashing and I'm trying to detect where the signal was going to. And it just turned off. And then they're like, what's going on here? Why did it turn off? We need to turn it. And as... You know, Steve Rogers, he's an, he's an old man. He doesn't know how tech, technology works. So he's just like, yeah, turn it off and turn it on again. <laughs> <laughs> Reboot it. <Yeah. laughs> Give it a whack. <laughs> so as they, as they were saying that, Black Widow says, you know, turn it on. We need, to, we need to see where the signal is going ASAP. We need to find out who Nick Fury wanted to contact. She turns around and there is Captain Marvel standing there. And she says, where's Fury? So I was saying before, I would have preferred if, she, if Black Widow turns around, she sees Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel goes... It's end game time. <laughs> it's end game time. As if she already knew what happened. No, I would have preferred it if she turned around and just like, look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, she's got to say that to Captain America. <laughs> There's got to be a point in end game where she looks at Captain America and says, look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> we'll talk about this now. So basically, I think she'll know. She won't know any, any of the other guys, but she'll know who Captain America is. Because yeah, yeah, she'll know. Yeah, who, uh, yeah she'll she should know. she should know who Captain America yeah. is, as in like his identity. Because he's yeah, she'll know who he because is he because was born before, he 
fought before. When, so he, he, he would have been oh, as like a veteran World War. He would have been yeah. like a, he he was a historical figure before he resurfaced on Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so she like growing up, she probably would have known. And who, especially since she I was, think she would know who Howard Stark is as well. She probably wouldn't know who Tony Stark. She is. probably wouldn't know. Oh, uh, he was around in the nineties. Yeah. He wasn't. She she would have known him as a son of yeah, not as Iron Man, but she would probably know for two reasons. She'll know Steve Rogers because probably everyone knows him, and, and she's, um, she's in, in the, the Air Force. Army, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Air Force, not Army. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she might not. She I don't know how she's going to process everyone else. I think everyone else she wouldn't know. I don't. I I think that scene's cut together, not how it's going to appear in the movie. I think it's going to be a bit different. Well, is it actually a scene from Endgame, or is it just made for this movie? Or are they doing what they did with Ant-Man and yeah, Civil yeah, War? Yeah. How is like an actual scene? If you look at how it looks, it looks like it's the Russo. Russo brothers shot it. Yeah, in so, terms of the yeah. colour palette, and yeah. yeah, it looks like a Russo. So I think it's yeah. from the movie, but it's cut together in not the way it's going to appear in the movie. Yes. Yeah. I think so. I think so as yeah. well. I wonder how they were doing those counts. It was like showing the number of people missing in like the millions. There's yeah. someone counting. <laughs> <laughs> they just so got Thor. Got, they got, got Thor in the air, and he's counting how many people are down there. But but they're all turned to dust. It's like you're counting who's not. Yeah, you're counting who's left. <laughs> so they so. Count, so they've basically gone the opposite way. So they've said how many people there are in in that country, and then they count how many people they are. So each person they count, they subtract so that from the population. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> that's such a so they've done a reverse, <laughs> reverse calculation. They can just calculate reverse. who's left. Yeah. And that number goes up instead of the number of people missing goes up. That's some yeah. weird calculation. That's I so weird. But yeah, I don't know how they would calculate that because it's not like there's a bunch of bodies lying around that they can count. Or if it's if they know, for example, one of the theories being that people who have been turned to dust have gone into the soul stone. If they somehow can tap into it, but I don't know how they would do that. So they don't have it though. They they don't don't have it. Thanos has it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. In terms of the trailers for Endgame, and I think this scene as well. I don't think they're going to show any Captain Marvel. No, I think I think Captain Marvel was actually in those trailers. I think she was in the Super Bowl spot because there was mis- oh she might be yeah. she might be that missing person because there yeah. was there was a spot yeah. in the Super. If you look at the Super Bowl spot, there's always a sort of a gap. So, like, they'll, they'll all be standing, but there'll be a little gap. No, but I don't think they're going to replace that in the trailer. They're not going to show anything until the movie. No, no, yeah. but I think in the movie she'll be there. Yeah, she'll be there, yeah. pro- most probably. So, so there's, a, there's, there's a scene in the Super Bowl spot where they're all looking they're up. They're all looking into the sky, yeah. and there's, like, Captain America, Black Widow. So everyone everyone in this end credit scene was in that <clears> scene. But there was a black... But, but there was just a spot, which was... It's like... It, it a spot like, enough to fit one person in. Like, it looks like they've just put an abnormally big gap between two people. Like, they don't like each other. They're standing further apart. Right. What it wasn't you... just a really bad colour-corrected Black Panther that was meant to be there? <laughs> <laughs> no, where no, is, no. Where is Black Panther? Oh, he's, he's gone. Dead. He's, he's dead. gone. Oh, he's yeah. dead. Yeah. He's, he's dust. Yeah. yeah. No, no. So, yeah, no. It's, yeah. it's definitely yeah. a gap. Or the other option is they're looking up and Captain Marvel's coming down. Which means that this scene doesn't actually exist in the movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> This ain't like, scene. I, I, which, which they wouldn't do, I think. That, I, I that think, somehow, I think that's not true. No, I think, yeah. I think what yeah. they're. This is my theory. Again, this is potential spoilers. It could what happen. It could not at happen. Is a shooting star, and they're making a wish. Yeah, that's, exactly, that's exactly, exactly that. Yeah. yeah, that's how desperate they've got. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Black Widow's like. It's like, is this going to work? And he's like, it has to work. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were referring to. It's like, if it doesn't work, I don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just looking at the sky. It's a shooting star. It's just rock bottom. <laughs> 
They're getting very desperate. Yeah. I think what they're looking at is Tony Stark returning to Earth. Yeah, I think so. But did, yeah. did you hear that all of this is probably going to be the first 20 minutes of the movie? Yeah, so apparently yeah. all the trailers for Endgame are within the first 15 to 20 minutes of the movie. And it's a three-hour movie. Yeah. So there's so much shit we haven't seen. At this point, I just my philosophy with something that big would just be literally go in with no expectations. Yeah. And you're going to be like, I, I've done that whole thing where you just you, you take a film and you find out all the lore behind it and you try and theorize it. And it ends up destroying your life and disappointing you. The Last Jedi. Uh, but um, <laughs> but I think with this one, it's just going to be, yeah, I, I'm i going to watch it. There's no point. I need to see any trailers or reviews. I'm just going to go watch it. I don't think I need to watch any more trailers for it either. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's only, it's not long left, really, until it comes that's out. Actually so. quite, yeah. The yeah, only the other thing. throws up the Tesseract. Yeah, that's the, that's the end credit scene. So the cat throws up the Tesseract. The only thing I was going to mention is um, Captain America is... It's very easy to get them mixed up now because there's two captains. But the Captain America is still bearded in the Sporty end credit scene. Beard. I thought the snap took away his beard, but, you know. I've got two theories for this. One is that... It's CGI'd back on. Maybe. Or he does shave because they're going to battle and he wants to look clean. Or yeah. the, other, the other thing is... Yeah, there's the hots for Captain Marvel and wants to look good. That wasn't one of mine, but um, yeah. possibility, not 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 a high chance of that happening, but possibility. The thing I was thinking was, I think there's going to be some time travel involved in Endgame, and I think there's going to be parts of it where they go back in time and they need to impersonate themselves in the past. And he was he's always been clean-shaven, so he's going to go back in time, maybe World War Two, and he's going to have to replace himself at, at some stage. Oh, that's technical. Mm-hmm. Time travel... Is always really complicated. Yeah, especially they, as a plot I hope device. They simplify it. If they, if you look, if you think about too much, time travel can fuck with you. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we saw Doctor Strange hand in the time stone without any, or apparently without any spells. So we don't know what happened. Then again, we don't know what he saw in the fourteen million possibilities. So it could yes. be anything. There's also a theory that he lied, and there's actually more possibilities than that. But he needed to motivate Tony Stark enough to to um, do something in the next movie. Oh, what a bastard. <laughs> if that's true. <laughs> All right. Anything else? I think we've pretty, pretty much... Pretty good, pretty pretty good much wrap up of pretty, the, the film. Yeah. If, you're, um, if, if, if you're on the fence on to whether or not to go see it, I recommend yeah, Go see it. Form yeah. your own opinion. So unlike, unlike our previous episode where you joined us on The Nun, where us two were... We didn't enjoy the movie, but you mildly enjoyed it. I think we're, we're all on the same page here, I think. It's it's a it's it's a good movie. Stay away from all the agendas that people have about this about this movie. Just just watch it with an open mind. You'll you'll have a good time. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a good watch. Okay, that was Captain Marvel. Get back to the who am I? Yep. All right. So I'll refresh your memory. I'll I'll read out the question again. This one's tough. So who am I? I was born. I still think I know it. Okay, we'll, we'll see. You better not say Kang though. <laughs> <laughs> actually going to say Kang. <laughs> <laughs> so, who am I? I was born in a gypsy camp in a tiny kingdom located in the Balkan mount- mountains of Eastern Europe. My parents were both killed in my hometown when I was a child, and since then I vowed to seek vengeance on the world for the death of my parents. Later on in my life, I found a chest of magical artifacts that belonged to my mother, and I realized that she was a witch. I developed my immense talent in sorcery and also science, which eventually won me a scholarship to a school in the U.S., Determined to contact my mother in the hereafter, I invented an interdimensional communication device. However, there was an error in my calculations which led to the machine exploding and scarring my face. 
After that incident, I made my way to Tibet, where an order of monks helped me forge a metal mask to cover my face. I then returned to my hometown and overthrew the monarch and made myself the king. I continue to invent many devices as king, including a time machine. I am 6 feet 2 inches tall and 255 pounds in weight. Who am I? So we'll start with your guess, Fast Okay. Just going off the Middle European heritage and the metal mask, I'm going to make a guess as to Victor Doom. Victor Von Doom, I Victor reckon. Von Doom. It's the smartest, smartest character in the Marvel Universe. Is he more intelligent than uh, Mr. Fantastic? It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, oh, it's always fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, would I think it's Victor Von Doom. Yeah. You are correct. So it is Dr. Doom. Nice. Dr. Doom. So I left out a couple of details in the Who Am I? Because uh, sometimes if I did divulge the details, <laughs> it, 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 might, it might give it away. So he's, he comes from a tiny kingdom called Latveria, ah, yeah. which he then becomes the king of uh, later on. And there's there's some more details about how his parents um, were killed. So his mother was killed when pretty much he was a baby. His By father Tony was. Stark. I don't know if no, there's. It's, a... not, it's not. I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, his father was a gypsy, and he was given the task of curing cancer for the Baron of Latveria's wife, and he couldn't do it. And the Baron killed his father. Right. And then that's why that's why he went specifically back to back to that town to become the king and also he can do all the shit he wants now and then he can't get arrested yeah because it's some democratic um it's like uh, it's like you can't go to you can do whatever you want in america and then he could go back to his country and they can't come and arrest him there yeah because he's like the president of it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and obviously i left out details of his relationship with reed richards and the fantastic four and the fantastic four but and now that you mention it, the um, we were talking about how Doctor Strange was going into all these possibilities, different universes, and which ones they would survive in. <laughs> they... that, that, that that entire little thing was apparently inspired off of one of the um, one of the Galactus Wars comics, where it was the Silver Surfer, Galactus, Doctor Doom trying to fight for the survival of the of the Earth. Doctor Doom finds somehow his way into the Black Panther mythological world with the jaguars and shit. Mm-hmm. With the where there and there he meets yeah and he talks to the god oh as in the 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 place where um Black Panther goes to meet his father yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that the afterlife place yeah. Doctor Doom finds his way there speaks to the Jaguar god to find out how to save the world because it's being under the threat of Galactus about to destroy destroy the whole galaxy or something and he's told that there's only one possibility in which the Earth can survive and that's under his rule that's why he's always trying to take over the world mm. to, to to sustain it but apparently that was he's, what inspired this yeah. whole. He's a classic character that's uh, he wants to overthrow everything and like rule the world. But if there's a bigger threat, he'll team up with the good guys to to save it. So he's a good character. Hope they bring him into the MCU. MCU. Reboot. That's why yeah. I quite I quite enjoyed Rise of the Silver Surfer. That was actually a good film before the MCU reboot and got basically just didn't didn't acknowledge it. I thought yeah. that was a pretty pretty damn good film. Hmm. I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I can't. I, I don't even remember it. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen it in a while. It's a very twisted storyline. Yeah. All right. So that was the first one. It's the second one we've done, but that was the first one you've got right. Is it Kang? (laughs) (laughs) Is it Kang? (laughs) One day we'll do Kang, and I'm guess i guessing that you won't guess Kang when we actually do Kang. Kang. When you do Kang, I'll get Kang. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Korg? (laughs) Before we wrap up the the show, we'll 
ask the three questions of the guest that we've asked previous guests. When you came on, we actually didn't ask you these questions, so we'll um, we'll ask you them this time. Oh, okay. So, who is your favorite superhero? Definitely Batman, and he is a superhero in the sense that he's the world's greatest detective. Yep, good answer. No arguments there. Um, <laughs> Better uh, not deny. <laughs> <laughs> who's your favorite supervillain? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Cat. <laughs> I'd have to. I'd have to go with the um, uh, General Zod. He's, he's 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 my the archetypal villain, and he's actually you know world-ending powerful. Mm. Um, I think I resist the temptation to, to say Joker because he's just a maniac. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you would say Joker. I thought you'd say Joker as yeah. well. Okay. Yeah, he's good, but I think he's written into that. He's almost unbeatable. Mm-hmm. And I just hate the fact that he can't just be killed easily. Because someone doesn't want to kill him. Guess who? <laughs> <laughs> and who, uh, sorry, what is your favorite superhero movie? The Dark Knight. Thought you would say The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. went to watch it for Terrence's birthday, 2008 Knox. That, oh, yeah, that, that's right, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. Uh, that's still, still the highlight. Good choices. Yeah. Just waiting for the day someone says Kang. <laughs> yeah. Just waiting for the backstory to come out. Yeah. That's it. Okay. I think that brings us to the end. Laters. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, before, we, before we let you go, Will, I guess if you want to ask us a question or you have a comment about what we've said in this review, we've said we've said some a little bit of controversial stuff with you about DC and other stuff. What so, did you say about DC? Oh, you just said DC fanboys. I think we're gonna get we're gonna get some. Oh, hate mail. Well, everyone knows that. Yeah, there's yeah. Marvel fanboys that are stupid as well. Yeah, it goes yeah. both ways. All fanboys. <laughs> all fanboys. Are yeah. You've just doubled the amount of complaints yeah. you're gonna get. <laughs> and, and We've just add, lost all our listeners. Let's add Star Wars fanboys to that as well. Oh no! Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, if people want to contact us, how do they? How do they do that? Uh, so we got uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and email. So four main kind of social media. Um, so we're at cognitive recalibration podcast at gmail.com. We should have really made that shorter because that's long. And we've got cognitive recalibration at uh, Facebook and Instagram and at C recalibration for Twitter. Yep. And we're now on, on all podcasting platforms, so you can find us anywhere. And if you do enjoy our content and our um, discussions, please do give us a subscribe and make sure you do like our Facebook page because we're doing a lot of our updates and in terms of what we're up to and what episodes are coming up we we all we update all of that on our facebook page and also if you have any friends that might be interested in this podcast as well please do tell them about it and also invite them to like the facebook page that's that's the show yeah so, get on that social media folks. yeah mm. let us know what's happening and uh and how we can give me your hate talk mail. Give, me, give us your hate <laughs> that's the easiest way to pitch publicity <laughs> Screw it. Throwing the Star Wars fans in there. Come at me. <laughs> Just everyone. Just everyone. I said last Jedi. There's going to be people coming everyone. <laughs> yeah. And as, you, as always, thanks, guys, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, so oh, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Th- thanks, uh, thanks for coming back on. Um, it, was, it was great to, to have your insights. And uh, you've, you've done some research as well, which is nice. Some of more than I did. Yeah, more than, more I, than the co-host does. I, I researched Kang, but he didn't come <laughs> <on>. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll definitely get you back on at some stage maybe it might be sooner than later so Ooh. we'll uh spoil this yeah <laughs> so yeah. so thank you no worries man thanks thanks you guys thanks uh have a good one and uh yeah looking forward to the next podcast all right see you guys we'll see you in in another episode we don't know what we're going to do next but we'll uh we'll let you know 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.